Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, August 3rd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's been another week of falling gold prices. The yellow metal tested new one-year lows on Thursday as the dollar strengthened, particularly against the British pound, which failed to get a boost after the Bank of England raised its benchmark interest rate. The greenback rose to the highest level in nearly two weeks against a basket of currencies on Thursday. Another flare-up in the trade tensions between the U.S. and China helped drive dollar strength. The dollar index was up 0.51% at 95.109 yesterday. President Trump ratcheted up pressure on China in his quest for trade concessions. On Wednesday, he proposed a higher 25% tariff on $200 billion worth of Chinese imports. I found China's response kind of amusing. They urged the United States to, quote, calm down and return to reason. The Fed met this week, and that didn't do anything to slow the dollar's roll. The FOMC meeting was pretty much a non-event in that it didn't raise rates, but it gave every indication it was still on track for two more rate hikes this year. Several pundits have noted that this shows Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, is not going to cave into pressure from Trump. You'll recall that the president complained about rising interest rates a couple of weeks ago. I've been saying that falling prices present a buying opportunity for gold. Well, it appears some investors are taking advantage of this sale. The U.S. Mint announced that it sold 35,000 ounces of American Eagle gold coins. That's a 42.9% increase compared to June. Looking year-on-year, sales were up 100% compared to July 2017. There were also reports out today saying that demand in Asia seems to be picking up. Last week, the Economic Times of India reported that a good start to the rainy season, along with higher minimum support prices for summer crops, should boost the gold trade. Analysts expect a 25% increase in gold demand in India compared to the second half of last year. That's significant because India is the second biggest gold consumer in the world, behind only China. While we're on the subject of gold demand, I thought this was interesting. It's way up in Iran. Now, this isn't really surprising considering the economic pressure that country is under due to the U.S. ratcheting up sanctions. According to the World Gold Council, bar and coin sales in Iran tripled to 15.2 tons in the second quarter of this year. That's the highest in four years. Iran accounted for about three-quarters of Middle Eastern demand for gold bars and coins. That's up from less than half of the region's usage back in 2017. Iran's currency has tanked over the last three months, prompting the rush into gold. As one Iranian banker told Reuters, quote, people want to invest in something that's safe if they think that a crisis may be on the way, end quote. Now that's some food for thought. Of course, a crisis is far from the minds of Americans. Pretty much everybody in the mainstream is giddy about the U.S. economy. As Charles Payne on Fox Business put it, the Trump economy continues to fire on all cylinders. Payne rattled off a long list of positive indicators from increasing wages, increasing consumer confidence, and strong spending and income numbers. Payne said this is all, quote, building on what's already been an amazing economy. And then Peter Schiff came on and dumped cold water on the party. If you haven't seen Peter's appearance on Payne's show this week, you have to check it out. Peter knocked it out of the park. I'm just going to give you one quote from the show. 
Peter said, yeah, I don't think we have a booming economy at all. There isn't a historic turnaround. We're not firing on all cylinders. This is the same bubble economy President Trump accurately criticized when he was a candidate. The only thing Trump has been able to do since he became president is blow a little air back into that bubble. But the air is going to come out. This thing is going to deflate. And I think all of this cheerleading and all of this self-congratulation about victories that haven't been won, I think it's going to come back and bite the president and the Republican Party in 2020. Now, another guest on the show tried to push back against Peter, but I think you'll agree if you watch it, he pretty much crushed her. There's one thing I want to note from this interview. Melissa Armo from the Stock Swoosh, she was the one that was talking up the great economy and pointing out how how much money consumers are spending right now. Peter countered saying that we don't need more spending. We need some savings and capital investment. That's when Armo said something that was just flat out wrong. She said Americans are saving. They're saving and spending because they have so much money right now. But Americans are not saving. Savings rates are at the lowest level since 2005, you know, a couple of years before the Great Recession. So anyway, I'll link to the Fox Business interview on the show notes page. You definitely want to check it out. Now, I want to pivot back to demand for a moment. You've probably seen the headlines this week. Gold demand is at its lowest level in more than a decade. The World Gold Council released its Gold Demand Trends Q2 2018 report this week. So that's where you're seeing this headline from. According to the report, overall gold demand was down about 4% in Q2 2018. Now look, I'm not going to say demand is robust right now because it certainly isn't, but it's not nearly as bad as the headline sounds. A lot of the demand drop is a function of comparison. Just because people bought less gold this year, that doesn't mean they aren't buying gold at all. So look at it this way. Let's say I bought 10 gold bars last year, and this year I only bought three. Well, yeah, my demand is obviously lower, but don't forget, I am still buying gold. I bought three bars. That's kind of what's going on with these gold demand reports. 2016 and 2017 saw a huge surge in the inflows of gold into gold-backed ETFs. This year, it's been muted. In fact, gold is flowing out of North American ETFs, which isn't surprising, consider the mainstream thinks we're on a never-to-end path of economic bliss. But gold is still flowing into European ETFs. In fact, gold flows into gold-backed funds globally are positive this year. They're just not as big as they were last year. So when you look at demand year on year, it's down a lot, 46% to be precise. That skews the overall demand figures lower. But it's not that everybody is just selling all of their gold. The figures suffer due to the comparison. If you look at the other sectors, things look better. The jewelry demand in the first half of this year was typically, or it was basically unchanged after jumping last year. Gold bar and coin investment was also pretty much static uh, at 247.6 tons. Stronger demand in China and Iran were offset by falls in Turkey, India, and Europe, where local prices are still pretty high. And gold demand in the tech sector grew for the seventh consecutive quarter. Electronics demand grew 3% on a yearly basis, underpinned by strong demand from memory, wireless, and printed circuit board sectors. Tech demand for both gold and silver will likely continue to increase over the next several decades. This could have a significant impact on the overall demand for these precious metals. Silver demand has always been heavily influenced by industrial use, but gold is becoming more and more important in industry, especially in these high-tech applications. On the other side of the equation, there was more news indicating we're going to see a tightening gold supply. 
Three of the world's biggest gold mining companies all saw production fall in the first six months of this year. Barrick's output declined the most, falling by over 20% to 2.1 million ounces. Goldcorp's production fell 10%, while Newmont's output dropped by nearly 9%. Taken together, gold production from these three big companies fell 15% year-on-year. Meanwhile, positive free cash flow for these three companies dropped $680 million in the first half of this year. Free cash flow is calculated by subtracting capital expenditures from cash from operations. It provides a better indicator of a mining company's financial health than net profits, since digging gold out of the ground is an extremely capital-intensive business. The bottom line here is that costs are going up and output is falling. I've talked a lot about peak gold over the last few episodes, so I won't beat that dead horse. But the takeaway from all of this is that despite dropping prices and gloomy headlines, the fundamentals actually look pretty good for gold right now. I recommend taking advantage of this buying opportunity, the buying opportunity we have right now. After all, you don't want to be trying to buy gold and silver after the bubble economy pops and prices start to climb. You can talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today and get more information on what's going on in the gold market and how gold should fit into your investment portfolio. Call 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.